of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. And you forgave the iniquity of my sin. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities with which I have ever offended you and justly deserve your temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them and sincerely repent of them. And I pray you of your boundless mercy and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor sinful being. Upon this, your confession, I, by virtue of my office as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God unto all of you. And in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Turn yourself to me and have mercy on me, for I am desolate and afflicted. Look on my affliction and my pain and forgive all my sins.
yourself to me and have mercy on me, for I am desolate and afflicted. Look on my affliction and my pain and forgive all my sins. protector of all who trust in you, without whom nothing is strong and nothing is holy. Multiply your mercy on us, that with you as our ruler and guide, we may so pass through things temporal, that we lose not the things eternal. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. The Old 
Testament reading for the third Sunday after Trinity is recorded in the prophet Micah, chapter 7. Who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity and passing over the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in mercy. He will again have compassion on us and will subdue our iniquities. You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. You will give truth to Jacob and mercy to Abraham, which you have sworn to our fathers from days of old. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name.
as a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. Glory be to the Father, Epistle is recorded in St. Paul's first letter to Timothy, chapter 1. I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent man, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. However, for this reason I obtained mercy that in me first Jesus Christ might show all long-suffering as a pattern to those who are going to believe on him for everlasting life. Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, to God who alone is wise, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. According to St. Luke, the 15th chapter. Jesus said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me a portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. 
And not many days after the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Now his older son was in the field and as he came and drew near to the house he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time, and yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad. For your brother was dead and is alive again, and was lost and is found. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee, O Christ. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance by whom all things were made who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven 
and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary, and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. And bring the fatted calf here and kill it. Let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And the father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. This is the word of the Lord. In this, the parable of the prodigal sons, the younger and older brothers, I focus on the father's word, what he said to that younger son who returned home in contrition and repentance, whose life was a mess and destitute. Put on the best robe, put the sandals on his feet and the ring in his hand, kill the fatted calf, for my son was dead, he is alive again. He was lost and is found. And when the self-righteous older brother resented the mercy and compassion shown by the father to his younger brother, again the father went out to him. Son, all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry for your brother was dead. He's alive again. He was lost and is found. You know, this parable is called the parable of the prodigal son, but maybe it ought to be called the parable of the prodigal father. Because he seems to just squander love, squander grace, squander mercy, squander forgiveness, squander compassion. And he seems to do it without limit. And he is not offended in the least by this mistreatment that he had received at the hands of both of his sons. Think about it. Father, give me my portion of the goods that falls to me. That's like asking your father, could you please die so I can get the inheritance and begin to spend it? And the younger, the older brother, the older son of his father, what does he say? He says to his father, Lo, these many years you've not done anything for me. I gave you life. I gave you all things. I've withheld nothing from you. I would have acted in anger. So would most of you. But who is a God like our God? As Micah says, pardoning iniquity and looking over transgressions and sin. Instead, the father pleads with his older son, come back into the house and celebrate. Today is June 25th, 493 years ago, if I have my arithmetic correct, the Augsburg Confession was presented by the evangelical, that means the gospel-centered 
princes and electors, to the Emperor Charles V, who had called the Diet of, of Augsburg after the Diet of Worms that had condemned Luther in 1521, the Reformation controversy continued, and he called the Diet of Augsburg in order to try to put an end to the Reformation and unify the empire against the Turkish invasion. He didn't put an end to the Reformation. When they came into Augsburg, all of the princes were expected to participate in the papal Corpus Christi festival. And the evangelical princes could not do it. They said, we would rather have you cut off our heads than lose our confession. Why? Because the confession made at Augsburg centered in the very confession that we are taught in the parable of the prodigal father. The gospel teaches that we have a gracious God who forgives sin and declares righteous on the merits of his Son. That we are justified by grace alone, through faith in Christ alone, and not by the works of the law. And the reason why they held on to that confession at Augsburg so tenaciously, take our lives, was because they recognized that if we lose Jesus, if we lose God's mercy and forgiveness in him, if we lose this gospel that we have come to know is the truth, then we're damned. We have no future. We have no peace. We have no fulfillment and contentment. That's what the presentation of the Augsburg Confession is all about. That's what the Reformation is all about. It is why Luther said at the Diet of Worms, here I stand, I can do no other. May God help me. If I lose this gospel, I lose my Jesus I lose the forgiveness of sins. I lose life with God. So we celebrate that today. All of, our, all of our congregations and all of our pastors subscribe to the Lutheran confessions and this Augsburg Confession because it is a faithful and correct exposition of the Word of God and that the heart of the Word of God is the grace of God. In Christ Jesus and Him crucified for us. Luke 15 begins with these words. All the tax collectors and sinners drew near to Jesus to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes complained, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So Jesus spoke three parables, the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the final one, the parable of the prodigal son. The introduction at the beginning of Luke is significant. Why did tax collectors and sinners draw near to Jesus? Because they learned to know through his preaching. There really is hope for us. Though we have committed grievous sins, God loves us. And this man preaches a message unlike we have ever heard before from the scribes and the, from the Pharisees. It is a message of hope and comfort. He preaches of God's love, and so they were drawn near to Jesus by the love of God that he proclaimed in the gospel. And that's where they 
had their peace, their fulfillment, their comfort, and their joy. Conversely, the scribes and the Pharisees knew no peace. They knew no real comfort because they were filled with self-righteousness. These people don't deserve God's mercy. They sound just like the older brother, don't they? They don't deserve God's mercy. Look at their sin. Look at what they've done. At least, at the very least, they've got to make up for what they have done and prove that they are pious and worthy of God's grace. But that's not grace at all. It is salvation by works. This is why you and I as Lutherans need to care about doctrine. Doctrine like the doctrine of the gospel, the doctrine of justification by grace alone through faith alone and not by our works is not simply about being right. It's about receiving God's love in Christ apart from which there is no life with God or salvation. I believe that Saul of Tarsus, who was a Pharisee, was very likely in the crowd that heard Jesus many times preach, but who, like his fellow scribes and Pharisees, grumbled and complained, this man receives sinners and eats with them. It is very likely why, under the direction of the Sanhedrin, he led the persecution effort against the church, just as those who are imbued with self-righteousness, led the persecution effort against the reformers in the 16th century. Martin Luther was excommunicated, think of it, by Pope Leo X because, and these were the words, condemned is he who preaches that salvation is by grace and not by works. That's what he was excommunicated for. You see, persecution emanates from self-righteousness. And at the heart of self-righteousness is discontent. And so Saul of Tarsus was restless. And he had letters in hand from the Sanhedrin to go after those Christians who believed in Jesus and who trusted in the grace of God rather than their own works. And so the Lord met him on the road to Damascus. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me, to persecute my Christians who believe in the forgiveness of sins that I have given to them as a gift is to persecute me. Saul was converted. I can't by my own reason or strength believe, but the Holy Spirit called him by the gospel. And then he became a valiant champion of the gospel of God's grace that he once tried to destroy. Thanks be to God. You heard his testimony that he was a blasphemer, an insolent man, the chief of sinners, and yet God chose him to be a recipient of his grace that through the grace that Paul received, he might proclaim that gospel to other troubled sinners, that they might draw near to Jesus for the forgiveness of their sins. There is so much we can learn from the parable of the lost sons, these prodigal sons, the prodigal father. Notice how what the younger son sought after could give him no contentment. When he lost it all, when he was stripped of everything, 
It was the Father's love that drew him home. I've sinned. I'm not worthy to be called your son. The father received his confession, but while he was still a great way off, the love of the father is seen and that he runs after him. And before he ever made his confession, he throws his arms around him. He orders the best robe to be put on him, the sandals and the ring, and for the fatted calf to be killed. He forgives his son. But it was the love of the father that drew him home. And it was the love of the Father which was the basis of his forgiveness and restoration to the family. So it is for every Christian. And at the end of the account, when that older son refuses to go into the house, Jesus, in his parable, highlights what God does for us constantly. Every one of us, from time to time in our lives, is tempted by the same self-righteousness that was seen in that older son. And by the word of God and the promise of the gospel, he reaches out to us and he says, Son, daughter, all that I have is yours. That's what the gospel gives to us. That's the birthright of our baptism. God has withheld nothing from us. All that I have is yours. It was right that we should make marriage. Because that's what the church is about. That's what the family of God is about. A salvation not of our own making, but a salvation out of God's making that flows from his grace. It is a lovely thing at the end of Luke 15 that in the parable that Jesus told, tells, we are not told what happened to the older brother. Did he come in or did he stay away? because the story is ongoing for all of us, for those in the world who may despise God's grace in self-righteousness and pride. The invitation is extended. And as long as there is life and breath from now until our Lord returns home, that invitation is extended. Come into the house. Come and receive this forgiveness. We live in a world of great discontent with all of the woke ideology, gender dysphoria, people choosing for themselves, i got to have my choice, and my choice will give me fulfillment and the better way, and you better kowtow to my choice. But what happens is nothing but anger and bitterness, resentment and discontent. There is only one thing that can give peace and comfort and true contentment. For us who are made in God's image but have fallen into sin, and that is the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is why St. Paul uttered those words that have become the theme for the Synodical Convention later this summer here in Milwaukee. We preach Christ crucified. Because at the heart of that message is the gospel of God's free grace. The only message that we have to which all Christian doctrine in the Augsburg Confession and in the small and large catechisms of Luther in the Book of Con uh, Concord point. If we lose this doctrine, we lose Christ. But this doctrine teaches that we have a great, gracious God who loves us not by our merits, but by the merits of his Son, whose robe of righteousness covers us, and who by the invitation of the gospel brings us here to enjoy the blessed feast 
In the name of Jesus. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. In our prayers this morning, in addition to those listed in the congregation at prayer, we remember Chuck Finke, who will undergo knee replacement surgery this Tuesday. Let us pray. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus, and for all people according to their needs. For the faithful proclamation of the gospel of God's grace, that the baptized faithful may be strengthened in the true faith and his kingdom extended. Most especially for Cherie Lafour, Gabrielle Legros, Betsy Benassik, Elton Volkortsen, John Bruss, Dave Allman, Florence Schmidt, and Carrie Welch celebrating baptismal birthdays. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the Holy Christian Church, throughout the world, and for all who confess the faith of the Augsburg Confession, that God would guard and defend us from the temptations of the devil, the world, and our sinful nature, and ever ground us in the grace of God in Christ Jesus, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For our congregation, her mission, and her people, for the ability to meet the needs that arise as we do the work God has given us to do, and for the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the gift of holy matrimony that God would preserve this institution among us, that the church would hold up the benefits of a man and a woman coming together in lifelong faithfulness and holy marriage, and that God would grant his blessing to Brett and Cara Rohde, Chuck and Jan Finke, celebrating wedding anniversaries this week, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That God would bless David Uttenreither and his bride united in marriage on June 23rd with fervent love for each other and faithfulness to their Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those called into the office of the Holy Ministry, especially Reverend Gary Gailbach, celebrating an anniversary of ordination, that God would grant to him and all under shepherds 
faithfulness to the word of God and the confessions of the truth. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who, like the prodigal son, have wandered from the faith, that the Holy Spirit would use us to bear witness to the gospel and call them home to the Father, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the government and all who have been set in positions of authority over us, that the church may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and contentment, and that the word of the gospel may not be bound, but have free course and be preached to the joy and edifying of all Christ's people. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who are sick, recovering, awaiting surgery, especially Chuck Finke, Wally Schneider, David Berger, John Bruss, Andy Helwig, Walt Disson, and Mark Gretzinger. And for those in treatment for cancer, especially Reverend Dr. John Willie, Kathleen Hetzel, Tanya Knoblock, Dennis Michaelis, Gabby Hartwig, Peyton Locklear, Kathy Miller, Donna Lovis's niece Beth, and Heather Peters that God would grant healing to their bodies according to his will and strength to bear their infirmities with patience and grace. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. O Lord, Heavenly Father, we gratefully remember the sufferings and death of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, for our salvation. Rejoicing in his victorious resurrection from the dead, we draw strength from his ascension before you, where he ever stands for us as our own high priest. Gather us together from the ends of the earth to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us. For to you alone we give all glory, honor, and worship. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. to the Lord our God. It is meet and right so to do. It is truly meet, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection open to us the way of everlasting life. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying,
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and gave it to the disciples, and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you, body and soul, in the true faith, into life everlasting. Depart in peace.
All give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Let us pray. O God, the Father, the fountain and source of all goodness, who in loving kindness sent your only begotten Son into the flesh, we thank you that for his sake you have given us pardon and peace in this sacrament. And we ask you not to forsake your children, but always to rule our hearts and minds by your Holy Spirit, that we may be enabled constantly to serve you. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Bless we the Lord. Bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. <laughs>